there. I'm Sue Alberts from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 86. And today I want to share something that I'm very excited about at the moment. This week I've discovered more about who I am and who my kids are, the way that we are wired and why we work in the way that we do and how the way we are is okay. So how does this relate to you, me telling you stories about my family? Well, maybe this podcast will be of interest to you if you have children who have multiple interests. They're interested in everything. They might go down one pathway for a while and then just as you're thinking that this is something that's going to last forever, all of a sudden they get bored and they're onto something else. And this is a typical pattern to their learning. Maybe you're also wired this way. But if you're not, you might get frustrated with your children. They never finish anything. They go from one thing to another all the time. Is this normal? We might think that our children should make a bigger commitment. They should stick with things, not keep on giving up and then moving on to other things. Yes, we might not think that this is okay. Well, everybody in my family has multiple interests, including me. We learn about one thing, we hop over to something else, we return, we get bored occasionally, go looking for new things. We're certainly interested in a whole lot of things. My daughter Sophie, I think it was in the episode 2, right back at the beginning of my podcasting history, I interviewed her and she was telling me how, about how she is interested in everything. She said that her least favorite question is, what's your favorite subject? First of all, she hates the idea of our very interesting world being classified, being cut up into subjects. That's very schooly. The second thing that frustrates her is that people are inferring that she has to choose. Make a choice about what is her most favorite thing. When, isn't it okay to be interested in a wide variety of things? Everything is potentially interesting. We had a good chat about this and I said to her, Surely, Sophie, there are things in the world that you're not interested in. And she said, well, mum, if I thought about it long enough, I think that I could be interested in everything. I only have to find the right angle for me. We gave each other topics that we thought wouldn't interest each other. And then we started to explore, walk around the topic a bit. And yes, we found angles on every single topic that we discussed that were potentially interesting to us. The world is a big and exciting place. And I love the way that we do hop from one thing to another. Having lots of ideas, trying things out, making connections between different areas of our lives. And yes, we try things out and some things fail. We have big ideas. We tried them out for a while. We might even tell people about our big ideas. 
and then all of a sudden, we're no longer interested in that. We've dropped them. We've moved on to something else. And people might say to us, hey, you never stick to anything. You said you were going to do blah, blah, blah. And look, you tried it for a while. And now you're no longer interested. Don't you think that you should have stuck it out for a bit longer? And maybe people start to think that they can't trust us. We say we're going to do one thing. And before you know it, we've gone through that phase and we've moved on to something completely different. Yes, it can be a problem, I think, having multiple interests, wanting to explore the whole world, hopping from one thing to another. I can see why people get frustrated with people like us. I don't get frustrated with my children because they're exactly the same way as I am. I understand them completely. But the other day, the exciting thing that I want to share with you, I was chatting to my friend Lucinda about blogging in general, about how sometimes I get really bored. I don't know what I want to do. I need new challenges, new adventures. And after we'd exchanged a few comments, she pointed me in the direction of a website called Putty-like. It's a site written by a person called Emily Wapnick. I hope I've pronounced that right. W-A-P-N-I-C-K. And she describes herself as a multi-potentialite. I've been practicing saying that word. Multi-potential now this is how Emily describes a multi-potentialite. He or she is a person who has many different interests and creative pursuits in life. Multi-potentialites have no one true calling, the way specialists do. They have many paths and they pursue all of them, either sequentially or simultaneously. They thrive on learning, exploring, and mastering new skills. They're excellent in bringing disparate ideas together in creative ways. So, multi-potentialites are innovators and problem solvers. I'm getting this information off the website. I'm not reading it word for word. I'm sort of giving you the basic outline of what Emily has written. She also says, when it comes to new interests that emerge, Multi-potentialites have an insatiable curiosity that leads them to absorb everything that they can get their hands on. And so they pick up new skills fast and tend to be a wealth of information. That's all on the positive side. But then the aspect of multi-potentiality that worries us is the tendency to become bored. Boredom usually hits once we've learnt what we are meant to have learnt on a particular topic. And many people feel that they have to keep on going down that same pathway. Not give up, not move on. Deal with the boredom. But she is saying, Emily is saying, that we should look at it as we've learnt what we need to learn about that particular topic and it's time to move on. We need something new. So multi-potentialites don't define finishing the same way that a specialist would or probably most people in society would. She says, we learn what we came to learn, and then we move on to the next interest. This may not always look like finishing to the outside world, but it is. So I guess our children, when they move from one topic to another, 
They have completed whatever they set out to do. They have finished. It's time to move on to something else. Unfortunately, this type of behavior doesn't tend to be valued. People sort of look at multi-potentialites and say that they are immature, they can't commit, they jump between interests, they're unreliable. They never finish anything. But for multi-potentialites, Emily says, saying goodbye to one passion to explore a new one is how we're wired. It's our gift. And she says that multi-potentialites can change the world. Specialists can as well, of course. But what I'm talking about today is looking at a behavior that many of us would not look at as a positive behavior and saying it's quite all right. If our children are that way wired, they can still change the world. They don't have to be like specialists. I guess the question that might come up is that if our children have multiple interests and are always moving from one thing to another, what are they going to do as a career when they have to earn their own money? It's all very well for little children going from one thing to another. It's expected. But when our children get into those teenage years, maybe we hope that they will settle down, choose one thing to concentrate on, one thing that will give them a safe and secure future, a job that will earn them money. We hope that they will also enjoy that job. And so we start to say things like, what are you going to do when you finish school? And of course, the multi-potentialite might start to get worried at this stage. What am I going to do? I can't focus on just one thing. Which thing am I going to choose? It can be an anxious time. Now, my daughter Imogen has multiple interests. When she got to the age of about 17 or 18, she decided that she wanted to go on and do a degree at uni. But what was she going to study? Now, she had a few ways that she could have gone. At the time, she was very interested in medicine. She had been a St. John Ambulance member for many years. She'd earned awards, gone to conferences. And yes, she knew a lot about the human body and first aid, communicating with people, helping people in situations that maybe I wouldn't be able to deal with, emergency situations. St. John Ambulance officers have only a limited capacity. They have to call the ambulance and doctors if an injury is severe. But of course, they're the first ones on the scene. She was also interested in music. She always has been. Should she go to uni and study music? Or perhaps she could continue her passion of writing and do a writing degree. There were other things as well, but there were the three big ones. And in the end, she decided to do a writing degree, professional writing and publishing. She did this degree online, which was perfect for her because it meant that she was still in charge of her own time. So alongside her degree, she continued her music studies. She also kept in contact with what the rest of the family were doing. If we were watching a documentary or a Shakespeare play or discussing a book or going on an outing, going to a museum or having a picnic, of course, she wanted to be there with us. She didn't want to give any of that up. So she just arranged her time so that she could do everything. After three years, she got her degree, a Bachelor of Arts. 
And that was about a year ago. And then I guess everybody expected her to go into the field of writing. In her last semester at uni, she had the option of doing an internship at a publishing house. And we all said, are you going to do an internship? It could lead to a job later on. You might get taken on by the publishing house that you do the internship with. But even if you don't, it will be good work experience. And she said, no, mom, I don't want to do an internship because I don't want to work in a publishing house. I've got other ideas. So she finished her degree. And the first thing she said was, I want to pursue my music now. I said, do you want to teach music? And she said, no, I want to make music videos. I want to be an online musician. So you probably know all the story of the last year, if you've been listening to my podcasts. That's what Imogen has been doing. She's been continuing her music studies. She still has voice lessons. She has been practicing the piano, even though she no longer has piano lessons. She has been learning about mixing music, writing her own harmonies, a lot of things that she is still learning, and putting it all together and making music videos. At the same time, she's still performing at concerts, keeping in contact with the local musical scene. But she's also still been doing NaNoWriMo, writing new novels. And she gets up every morning at 6 o'clock so she can work on editing her other novels. She wants to publish some books. She's also been teaching piano and singing to Gemma Rose and Sophie, her younger sisters, and also sharing her writing with them. They have formed a writer's circle group, and they meet once a week to talk about writing. She has talked about putting together online courses for writing, especially for young writers. At the same time, she writes a writing blog, and also she's just begun a blog for her music, to share her music and her music videos with people who are interested in what she's doing. Then she has been investigating fashion and makeup, reading books. It is endless, the things that she dives into. Now, I must admit, she's not earning much money. She's still in the stage where she is investigating, trying new things out, learning, seeing what works. But I know it is impossible for her to narrow her interests down to just one. Now, Sophie also has lots of interests. She's my 15-year-old. She likes photography and videography. She's been helping Imogen with her music videos. She belongs to an Instagram community. She likes the technical side of photography and videography, making videos to share that with other young photographers and videographers. She likes telling stories. She does NaNoWriMo as well. She's written a number of novels. She likes relating stories on her blog, blogging. She's passionate about exercise. She likes cooking. How is she going to narrow things down to find a perfect career for herself? Can she do it all? While I've been reading some articles on the website Putty Like, I came across one about careers. How do multi-potentialites make money? Here are a few different approaches. A multi-potentialite could adopt the group hug approach. She could have a job or a business which allows her to use many different passions and interests and skills in her work. Then there's the slash approach. A 
person could have two or more jobs or businesses, and the person could move between them. I wonder if this is what Imogen will do. Then there's the Einstein approach. Some people find a secure day job that generates enough income to allow them to explore their interests on the side. And over time, they hope that those interests will start generating money of their own, that one day those interests will provide that stable job and they can give up the other one, the one that they're not so interested in. I can also see Imogen doing this because she said that she is willing to do any sort of job if it will give her the money to live on while she explores her real interests, her passions, and discovers a way of making them work for her. She has a few skills that she could use, for example, teaching. She already teaches our girls music, but she could expand that, even though it's not her greatest love. But she'd be willing to work in a restaurant as a waitress if she had to, even do cleaning jobs. Her passions are that important to her. And then there's the serial approach. Some people work in one field for a time, and then they get to that bored stage where they know that they can no longer keep continue doing this and they have to move on. So they move on to something else. Perhaps they take with them the connections, the resources, and the knowledge that they gained from one job to the next one. And then some people might use a combination of these approaches. So there are ways that multi-potentialites can be true to who they are can be the people they are, and also have great careers. Now, there are lots and lots of examples on Emily's website, Putty Like, of people who are doing this and who have been successful. So I see no reason why my children can't do this as well. I don't have to push them into one thing, say, hey, you've got to decide what you're going to do. Come on, narrow down your focus and get on with it. Be sensible about it. I think it just involves some creative thinking and also knowing who you are and what is important to you, knowing what your skills are. We don't often think about the end result, about having to find a career. I guess a lot of unschoolers don't. We live for today, enjoy life, learn from what's happening around us, and we don't say, well, you have to learn this or that because in the future you're going to have to earn money for yourself, so you better start learning these things right now. We know that children will learn what they need to know when they need to know it. And if they suddenly decide they want to pursue a particular pathway, they know how to gain the skills to go along that pathway. So we don't plan it all out ahead of time. But the particular way that we are unschooling, which is influenced by the personalities that we have, I don't think we could change. It's a way of life that we really enjoy. We love heading down one pathway, exploring it in detail, exploring it quickly, gaining lots of knowledge, and then all of a sudden stopping and thinking, hey, I've had enough of this, and moving on to something else. It's not so good to get that feeling at the end, I'm bored with this. That's a negative feeling. But the excitement of moving on, there's a lot of other things ahead that we can learn about. And every time we do this, move from one thing to another, 
It's not a waste of time, I don't think. We don't have to start from scratch again. I think what we learn from one interest, we take with us to the next one. We're always making connections, having new ideas, trying things out, going down, dead end, starting again. It's all a big network, uh, a lot more connected than it might first appear. I think that the only problem with being who we are is how other people perceive us. I think maybe some people, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, think that we're unreliable, that we never see an idea to the end, that we get bored easily, that we say we're going to do one thing and then we don't do it, or we do it for a short period of time. And this has been worrying me a little, because I can see how this applies to everything I'm doing online. I have a new idea. I share it with you through my podcast or my blog. I tried out for a while, and all of a sudden, the interest is over. And you probably think, well, what happened to that idea? But the thing is, when I try new things out, it's never a waste of time, because it always leads to something else. I've learned some new skills. I guess it's just frustrating when I promise a new series of this type of blog post or video, and after a while, there isn't any more, because I finished. I'm looking for another way to tell the story. And that has been a big thing over the last six months or so. Feeling frustrated because I've been telling the unschooling story for a long, long time. And it's not exciting to me anymore telling it. Doing it is. And I've been looking for new ways to tell the story. Trying videos, animated videos I've been thinking about podcasting, different types of blog posts, getting other people involved by having guest blog posts on my blog. I tried making a series of videos called It's Not a Periscope. Try and get that immediate feel like a periscope without actually being live. Could I do it? Could I talk in front of the camera in a relaxed way, invite people inside my home? Well, I did it. I made four videos. I promised more, but I never got back to it. I thought to myself, look, I've done that. I've worked out how to do it. I had a certain level of success. I felt happy with it, and I moved on to something else. Yes, frustrating for other people. And now I'm at the stage where I don't know what to write about anymore, because I feel I've said it all once before. It doesn't feel exciting. But after reading Emily's blog... And mulling things over over the last week or so, I've had some new ideas. Understanding the way I'm wired, the way I work, has led to some new thoughts. Perhaps I don't have to restrict myself to one area, like unschooling. Now, I've had lots and lots of blogs in the past. I have left a big trail across the internet. At one time, I wanted to write just family stories. Then it was spiritual stories. Then it was grief stories. And then we had a combined family blog. Then I was just sharing homeschool resources. I had my unschooling blog. I left that for a while and went back to one of the other blogs. And then I returned to my unschooling blog. And then I returned to my Catholic blog. I changed its name and thought I'd write over there for a while. Yes, I've gone round and round in circles. And then the other day I had a new idea. I said to my family, Look, I should create a new blog. 
a new blog always seems to be the answer. And everybody said, what are you going to write about this time, Mum? I said, how about a food blog? They're popular. I could post recipes and take photos because I like taking photos. And they said, Mum, that would involve cooking and you don't do much cooking. And I thought about it seriously and I thought, yes, they're right. That wouldn't last very long. Perhaps I ought to do a sewing blog instead. Make beautiful things. And then I realized that I'd enjoy that for a week or two and then get bored. And I wouldn't want to put all the work into creating new things to write about and to show on my blog. No, a food blog and a sewing blog are not the right things for me to be writing about. But what else? I feel like new adventures. Should I go back to one of those old blogs? Leave my unschooling one for a time. And then as I said, I had a new thought. Why don't I just stick with my unschooling blog, but increase the focus? Because one of the things that Emily says is that we can explore lots of different things, bring them together through one lens. For example, my daughter Sophie could explore any interest through the lens of her photography. She could take pictures of anything and write about it. Somebody else might draw cartoons about any situation in life, anything they're interested in. A parent could write about anything and everything through the lens of being a parent. And I could write about anything and everything through the lens of being an unschooler. Now this is a wonderful lens because unschooling is about living our lives and learning from them. Life is just chock-a-block full of interesting things. I could write about practically anything as long as I approached it from the angle of an unschooler. Some exciting thoughts are going through my head here. I haven't pondered it long enough, but once again, I'm feeling very excited about blogging. We'll see if it lasts, whether I get bored easily. We'll see if you come back to me later on and say to me, Hey Sue, what about that idea that you were pondering in episode 86? Whatever happened to it? Yes, I guess multi-potentialites are frustrating people, but we'll see. See where this one leads me. I think in a way, I am already doing this. The other day, I made a video, an animated video about a grief story that I wrote several years ago. A story about my son, Thomas, who you've met in previous podcasts. But if you're a new listener, Thomas died 17 years ago. He lived for a day. And as I've already said in this podcast, I have a grief blog. It's called The Baby Loss Club. I haven't written over there for a long time. Yes, I ran out of ideas and inspiration and that general feeling of excitement stopped that and moved on to something else. But I glanced back at it the other day and thought to myself, perhaps I can take one of those stories and turn it into a video. And so I did. I went over to the website GoAnimate and I made an animated video. My animated character tells the story in my voice. I posted that video on Facebook and it got a good reaction. So how does that relate to unschooling? If I was presenting that from the angle of an unschooler? Well, you might not be interested in grief, but you may be interested in 
the process of learning new skills. Maybe you're interested in storytelling, animation, resources, how I actually made that video. Maybe it would give you an idea about how you could tell some of your stories, and they may be in a totally different field. Could sharing that video show us how we can share and connect with one another? If I was writing that up as a blog post, which I might do, I would probably send everybody over to another website called Powtoons, which is another animation website. I wouldn't probably recommend GoAnimate because it's very expensive. But children would have a lot of fun over at Powtoons. It can be used for free with limited features, and it's very reasonable to get a teacher's account that has more features, not the full set of features, but enough features to have a good play around with it. So maybe that would be a good resource to share with other unschoolers. I know that I have hopped from idea to idea during this podcast in an excited sort of way. I've only touched the subject of multi-potentialites. And so I encourage you to go over to Emily Wapnick's blog, Putty Light, and read the articles for yourself. There's a whole lot of interesting things there. She's also made a TED Talk, one of the best ones that I've watched. She's also written a book. I think it's called Renaissance Businesses. I would have been tempted to buy it and read it, but I think it costs about $50. And I think I might read her blog first before I decide whether to invest that money or not. But it is something that we could buy in the future. So what did I hope to pass on to you in this podcast? Well, if you are wired like us, and maybe you have to deal with other people's comments of frustration, I guess I wanted to touch base with you to say, hey, why don't you go over and have a look at Emily's website, find out that you're normal, just like us. Maybe you can relate to our experiences. And if you aren't wired up like that, but you have children who are wired up like that, maybe Emily's website and all her ideas about multi-potentialites will reassure you. Maybe they'll help you accept your children as they are and help you stop worrying about them, trying to change them. Maybe your frustrations will be lessened. Because I imagine that it can be very frustrating when a child dives into an interest, such as art. One day, they're drawing and painting and producing beautiful artworks. They're going on YouTube, watching all the videos. You've bought them a few books. You've even bought them some expensive art materials. You're displaying their artworks on Facebook, showing everybody, and you're saying to them, Hey, my son's going to be an artist. Look at what he's doing. He's definitely got talent. He's going to be an artist. And then, just as you've announced all this, that child suddenly decides they're not interested in art anymore. They're off on a new adventure. Now he's watching videos about how the human body works. He wants to belong to St. John Ambulance. Now you're thinking he might become a doctor. And that's all right, too. So you announce, my son's going to be a doctor when he grows up. And then... Before too long, he's dropped all that. He's watching Shakespeare play after Shakespeare play. And all of a sudden you think, well, maybe he's going to be an actor. Yes, very frustrating, because what do you say when people say to you, what does your child want to be when he grows up? The other evening, 
we went to a rare party. Yes, introverts don't like going to parties, but we hadn't seen anybody for a very long time, and we got an invitation, and I said to the girls and my husband, look, we're going. We haven't seen any of our friends for a very, very long time. It would be silly not to accept the invitation. We should make an effort and go. Otherwise, all our friends will give up on us. They'll never invite us anywhere ever again. And we were looking forward to seeing people, catching up with news. And I don't want to go into all the details of the party. Some of it was good, some of it was not so good. But we did like seeing people. But the question we got asked a lot was, what are your kids doing? What do they want to do when they finish homeschooling? And I went through all my children one by one, multiple times about where they are and what they're doing. And people were saying, well, what does Gemma Rose want to do? And I kept saying, well, she's only 12. She doesn't really have to make up her mind at 12, does she? And certain people kept pushing. But yes, but what do you think she wants to do? And so I just say, oh, look, she's interested in lots of things, maybe writing. Maybe art. She draws lots of dragons and try to brush it off. But that's a question that society keeps pushing at us. Maybe it's a question we should give up asking. Don't put pressure on our children to make up their minds about what they want to do. Especially if they don't want to do one thing. It's quite alright not to focus in on one thing. Now I've talked about the way we're wired up. The fact is that I think that we fit the description of multipotentialites very well. But that doesn't mean that I'm thinking that everybody should be this way. No, and some people will be specialists. They will have their one and only thing that they're interested in. And that's all right as well. And Emily on her website doesn't say anything wrong about being a specialist. We need all kinds of people in the world. I think in her TED talk, she was saying that when a specialist and a multipotentialite get together, then even more wonderful things can occur. We need both types of people in the world. Well, I'm going to stop rambling on about this subject in a minute. Yes, I got excited about this, and I thought this might make a good topic for a podcast. Talk about it with you, mull it over while I'm doing that for my own sake. It's good to have something that I'm excited about to share in a podcast. You might have noticed that there wasn't a podcast last week, even though I promised that I would try and make one every week. And that was because I couldn't think of anything that really inspired me. And I did record a couple of podcasts, and when I listened to them later, I thought, look, my heart's not in that. It will come over as really boring. Perhaps it's better to have nothing to say than to put something out there that doesn't have any spark in it. Yes, I've got to find my spark again for podcasting. And what I'm going to do is, I think, take a break over Christmas, concentrate on a few other things, go down a few more pathways, and I'm going to come back with some fresh ideas, because I'm sure I'm going to find some. I don't think that I have come to the end of my podcasting adventure. I'm just running out of things to say, I guess, I've got to come up with some new approaches to podcasting and unschooling. So this is probably going to be my last podcast this side of Christmas. I know we've still got five weeks. I'm recording this on a Sunday. And my children tell me that Christmas Day is a Sunday this year. So that makes it five weeks to Christmas Day. And that's pretty early for winding up a podcasting season. 
but I feel the need to take a break right at this minute. And everybody's going to be busy soon with Christmas preparations. Maybe the focus will move for most people off resources and sharing ideas about unschooling onto other events that are happening in life, such as the holidays and Christmas. And I know my American friends will be thinking about Thanksgiving. We'll be thinking about the warmer weather, picnicking, going on a few outings together. So yes, maybe a good time to say goodbye for a little while with a promise that I will be back. And if I don't, you'll have to come along to my blog and poke me a little. Hey, Sue, in episode 86, you said you'd be back. That's, of course, if you still want to listen to future episodes of this podcast. You'll still be able to find me on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, my new look blog over at WordPress, which I'm slowly getting into order and enjoying writing on. You'll also be able to find me on my Facebook page, Stories of an Unschooling Family, and in our Unschooling Facebook group, The Not-So-Proper Unschoolers. So join me in any of those places. And although it's a bit early, I would like to wish everybody a happy Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful time with your families, creating lots of happy memories. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. And until I return after Christmas, don't forget to trust, respect, and love unconditionally. Thank you.